Let's have a word of prayer. Our dear Lord, we thank you for this evening. We are grateful unto you for bringing us together. And I'm thankful unto you for this opportunity to be here to share your word with the brethren. Our dear Lord, we open our hearts to you that you grant us the message, give us the wisdom, give us the word, and let your word minister to us so that our lives may be pleasing unto you and we shall be careful even in our walk with you. Our Father, we thank you and we bless in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight we are looking at the subject, Beware of Evil Communication. Beware of Evil Communication. We'll be looking at this teaching service from two main perspectives. First, we'll be looking at it from the lead scripture or scriptures that we'll be using, especially as written by Paul to the Corinthians and even to the Galatians, and also as our Lord Jesus Christ mentioned, even in Matthew, we'll be looking at it in that context to see how evil communication affects us in our walk with the Lord. And the second dimension we'll be looking at in our own personal relationships, how evil communication is helping us in our fellowship or has become a stumbling block. So there are two main perspectives. First, from Paul's perspective of how evil communication affects our faith or our work with the Lord. And secondly, our individual in our relationships, how evil communication is also affecting us. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, says, Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. It says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts evil habits. And it seems to me that this topic that we are discussing tonight is very, very important in the sense that if you look at the very fall of man or the human race, the tool that was used was communication. The very fall of man, and why today we are all having to go through all of this, and the reason why Christ even has to come, was because of evil communication. It might look so simple, that why should something like this, a conversation, a communication. Something we might think it's so simple. Why should it bring us where we are? 
And especially if we come to think of the fact that there is still evil, com- still evil communication. In spite of what has gone on and what the Lord has done. And where we still stand, Satan is still using this very tool to take away man from God. To distance us from God. And that's, and for this reason, I realize that, as one can say, the battle is not yet over. <laughs> it is not yet over. Especially when you consider the fact that at the very, very first onset, it was just in a garden. And the serpent came in there. But today, if you look at the multiplication of the tool that we have, various forms, your mobile phone that you have, all sorts of messages are coming through to us. And these messages sent to us is gradually taking a lot of people out of their service or worship with God. Evil communication is bringing about domination to man. But it's as simple as communication. It might be a simple conversation that somebody may have with somebody. And it's not even so much who is speaking. But what you take out of that message can even bring you down. It can even be a saint who may be speaking to you. But at that very moment, what he said may lead you into damnation. And that is why, for me, I realize that what we hear, the associate with we need to be very careful. Because many people may start very well, but in the course of time, or in the process of time, somebody comes your way. And something that he says to you, it affects your spirit. It affects you. And that is your end, as far as your work with the Lord is concerned. So I believe that this evening or tonight, even as we are looking at this subject matter, I think it is very, very important. Evil communication. Evil communication. What are we talking about? What is evil? Something wicked. And in our context, something very sinful. Ungodly unholy, devilish. And then looking at it from our second perspective, it can be very harmful, tending to harm people, or it can be very unpleasant. Ungodly. That is why we said it can take you out of the presence of God. And we all know the fall. 
like I said, Adam and Eve. This woman was sitting here somewhere. The serpent comes around. God has spoken. God has spoken. But then the serpent comes around. Puts doubts into what God has said. Tries to twist what God has said. He said, oh, God has not said that. Not that nothing will happen. So what happened to man? That's why we say, be not deceived. Be not deceived. Or do not be misled. Because of evil communication, communication which is ungodly, unholy, devilish, satanic, demonic. And if you are somebody who likes enjoying listening, I think you should begin to realize that immediately somebody starts and you see where that person is taking you, I think you might just cut it off. You must just cut it off. Is it because the moment you engage that person, Eve had cut it off immediately, it would have been a different story. But let me try and listen. Let me try and listen. As you go on, something happens. And like I said, the very process or tool that Satan used is still in operation. It's still in operation. Where we live on the first junction on the Tishinungwa Estates. For about three, four years now, you see this Jehovah Witness. First, it used to be a Saturday that they'll be distributing the tracts. And now it is a daily affair. They move from weekly to daily. And I remember last two weeks, I confronted them. I said, you people, you are full of energy. It is early morning and to share tracks. But what you are doing is wicked. You are sending people to hell. I told them, I said, do you know what you are doing? You are behaving like just the serpent did in the Garden of Eden. The message that you are distributing. In fact, a few years ago, when I met you, they said there is no hell. And I said, You are telling people there is no hell. Do you know what you are telling people? And unsuspecting people, that is the message you are telling them. So God has told us. His word and his message. God says there is hell. Christ spoke about it. Now you wake up early morning and tell people distributing the child there is no hell. So you want people to live anyhow. So after last week, in fact there were three of them. I said they would beat me up. Three of them. You are wicked people and you are sending people to hell. We had a small chat and I left. And last week, I met only one. We had about 10-15 minutes chat. 
We started even going into the Bible. I say even John chapter 1 verse 1. You have a small gene for God. Who put it there? You go check their Bible. So I think he went to tell the other person. So this morning when I was going for my walk, he said, oh, the man told us that you met us again and it looks like it is disturbing. I said, it will disturb you more. And I gave them the anama that they should come home and will sit down because they are young men and I think that it's a matter of life and death. And what they are doing, if they don't take care, they will find themselves in hell. Because it is evil communication. Somebody, there is no hell. But on Monday when we met, they said it's only a matter of death. When you die, that is it. There is nothing. That is what they are telling people. And that is evil. And you know, when you go to the university campus, these are the young people, they say we have only one life. And it is only this life. You are laughing, it's true, eh? <laughs> they said there is only one life. Evil communication. We've taken them through Sunshine Ban, Sheep Office. When they get to the campus, they receive evil communication. They said, you have only one life, so let's enjoy ourselves. Evil communication. And we say, we should beware. And I'm saying, it looks very simple. But it is taking a lot of people to hell at the Amplified Version in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So that was Paul talking about the Corinthians. Who would have received the message? They have received the gospel. They knew the truth. But Paul heard that these same people were saying there was no resurrection. In fact, if you read from the very first verse, maybe when you go home, from verse 1 to 32 or 33. What do you say to that? There is no resurrection. So let's eat, drink. Tomorrow we die. After they've been given the message, the gospel, that was the evil communication that had gone out. I don't forget about these people. Let's make merry. So Paul said, Do not be deceived and be misled. It's evil companionship, communion association, corrupts and depraved good manners and morals and character. And that is even happening, like I said, even as of today. We have received the gospel, the message, we know the truth. But we may encounter people who will present something else. And like I said, that was the days of Paul when they said there is no resurrection. And today, we are telling young people there is only one life. So, eat, drink, and make merry. Because there is no resurrection. If you die, you die. There is no hell. And we are still telling people. That is why I say, we must be careful. We must be careful. And it looks very simple. So, let's be careful. So, he said, do not be deceived. And don't be misled. Evil companionship, evil assault, they will corrupt you. Manners that you have been introduced to. 
will be affected. The good character that you have built, one little evil communication changes everything. And I believe there are a lot of people who today are backsliding. They are no more in the faith because of some communication. But that communication was evil because it was ungodly. It takes you away from God. So we need to be careful. First, the kind of people we associate with. You know, sometimes there is a tendency to also be a guy. There's a tendency to associate with those that we think are on top. We want to relate to certain people, a certain class, a certain group of people. But what we should know is that generally, those who try to find themselves on these special people, they are ungodly. Generally, their mindset is that they are ungodly. And as you associate with them, they will feed you with information that will affect your relationship with God. So that's what happened to the Corinthians. So Paul said, do not be deceived. You'll be misled. Because the information that he has given to you, saying there is no resurrection, is taking you away from God. And truly, if there is no resurrection, there is nothing at stake, really. If once we die, that is the end. There is nothing at stake. But you and I know that there is a resurrection. You and I know there is hell. That is why when we hear of the experiences who have either gone to heaven and hell or come, or there is any service or something, and you hear concerning issues relating to hell, you find that for that moment everybody sets up. Maybe we need more of those messages. To keep all of us on our toes. Because there's a tendency for people to go back into their old ways. Apart from the Corinthians, we also have the Galatians. Where we can look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 in the same vein where people know the truth. But then we also receive a certain communication which also takes us off our relationship with God. So again, Paul writing to the Galatians, he says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, knew the truth? They've been introduced, but there comes a time. They go back. So he said, Who has bewitched you that you don't obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as sacrifice, as crucified. Clearly knew the truth, but they were bewitched again through the forces of the agents or the devil. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of the faith? These are people who have been introduced to the gospel, to the truth, and say so you can all be saved by faith. And now they went back to religious rites. These are people who have received the Holy Ghost. 
their lives have been transformed. They have received the gifts of the Spirit. They knew the correct doctrine. But then conversation comes in. So they decide to go back to what religious rites. Again, what? Evil communication. It can be dangerous. And then it takes you off your course. Not only to the Galatians, but even, let's look at Matthew. That is why I said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, we all know about Peter's encounter where the Lord said, Get thee behind me, Satan. That is why I said, It is not even so much who is even speaking to you, but even what the person is saying at that particular moment in time. Because clearly Satan, I mean Peter, would say, was a correct person at that moment in time. But at that point in time, what he said, so he said, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Christ had before him the salvation plan. The redemption plan to go to the cross to provide for us our salvation. Peter comes in. He said, you are not going to go. It shouldn't happen. Evil communication. And we have a lot to learn from it, even ourselves. We have a lot to learn from it. That is why sometimes, even as you are challenged <clears throat> to do something for the Lord, somebody may come to you. Are you sure you want to? That is God's plan for you to do something. But the brother may come to you. It may even be a loved one. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to carry this cross? That will be a communication from somebody to you. Are you sure you want to be persecuted? You are not supposed to do this. You need to have your comfort. So there's a conflict between you doing the will of God and the glory of God and then looking at the wealth of pleasure or reputation that you'll be reminded of. Looking at you, is that what you want to do? That is evil communication. That's why Christ said, Get thee behind me, Satan. And sometimes, what we hear from people is taken from the service and their work with the Lord. And like I said, sometimes the loved one just telling you, I'm not sure this thing, it is time yet for you to get involved. You know, you are making so much money from this work. So much money. Very good position. Why would you have to abandon it? In fact, you'll be told that you are abandoning it. To come, for example, and do something for the Lord. Are you supposed to listen? Or what? But what people tell us, it's something we have to be very careful about. Or sometimes even as you are in the process of doing something for God, where your leader, for example, 
has told you this is what you are supposed to do. Somebody may come in and tell you, is that what you want to do? But it is the leader who has seen something in you. And you know, in our work with God, the invitation is always personal to you alone. The invitation is personal to you. So you need to ask yourself, that other person who is giving you that evil communication or telling you to drop it, was he there when God spoke to you? But who do we consult? And I think the example of Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 is very interesting for us. This, you know, Moses was a Levite. Parents were Levites. So clearly coming from the priestly family. So if you have a father-in-law who is a priest and you go to him, what should you be doing? Probably the associate pastor. Because he is the pastor. Tell you, your father-in-law is a priest. He is the pastor. You are also from the priestly home. And they are asking you to go and keep what? Sheep. Is that what somebody will tell you? That is what you'll be told. That your father-in-law, he doesn't like you. Instead of him bringing you to also be in the temple, you've been sent to the backside of the desert. But you see, in God's plan, that is where you meet God. That was where the Lord met Moses. Maybe if somebody had told him, don't mind your father-in-law. He should make sure that you are also in the temple. Would he have encountered the Lord in the bush? He may have become an associate pastor, all right. Through Jethro. But when he went to the bush and was there, he met the Lord. And there, there, the encounter that he had and the assignment that was given to him, could it be compared if he had sat of his father-in-law. Moses ended up in my view the biggest task any man could have. But I'm saying as we walk, these are some of the things you meet people who will tell you, oh, don't mind sometimes. This pastor is don't mind them. But sometimes there are some of these humble beginnings. That is where you see the glory of God. But evil communication, people will speak to you. I'm going to learn, been to Trinity, even have a PhD in theology. And they say you should go and do what? Do you think they are correct? But wherever you see, the, the leader is the one that the Lord has spoken to. So I'm asking myself, didn't Jethro know that Moses was coming from a priestly family? 
but Moses accepted. And in the process of time, and again, look at the number of years he stayed in there. And today we know the story of Moses. Few persons who could have a face-to-face interaction with the Lord. How many people? God said, he is the only one I can talk what face-to-face. You don't know what God will do for you. Where God places you, people will tell you. Don't allow yourself to be pushed by people. Evil communication. Hallelujah. Evil communication. But now, because of where he found himself, there was direct access to God, which he would not have had if he was even placed in the temple, I believe. Because he would have worked through Jethro. You can read that whole verse for yourself when you go back. And today, many things happen. Depends on when you find yourself that you'll be placed. Sometimes you are associated with somebody. People will tell them, oh, but how much are they giving to you? Sometimes it's not just the money. But even that godly association will bring blessing to you. But people who don't know will tell you how much are they giving to you. And is that where you want to be? But that godly blessing, money cannot buy it. And sometimes you hear a lot. People tell people, don't do this. Don't do that. As for them, they are this. And they want you to start in this way. God is preparing you. Moses was in the wilderness for how many years? 40 years. But we are not ready. Because sometimes evil communication takes us off. But let's beware of evil communication. You see, where God has put you, like I said, you are the only one who knows where God has put you. And be mindful of what people tell you. You have to be mindful of what people tell you. I look at my own personal example. And I thank the late Mr. Henry Day. The other day I was telling his father, his son-in-law, Mr. Snowden. Sometime in 1994, he met me in the lift. Here I was, I was the deputy to the head of corporate affairs department. I met Mr. Day in the lift. He says, go and manage the guest house. Oh, guest house. <laughs> it was even a loss making venture. This man says, I want you to go and manage it. That is why I said we need to be careful about leaders when they say something. So I obeyed and went to go and small guest house. We try to call it a two star, but it's not a two star hotel, you all know. It's a guest house. <laughs> Making serious losses at that point in time. But by the grace of God in months, I turned the place around. And through that, then words started going around. I had some of the executives. We understand you are the only person who attended the place round. How did you do it? Then you are not coming back. Because you've done a good job. I see that was not enough. Mr. Day, through that, he said, 
I've been asked to go and present the paper in Gabon, Libreville. That was in December, exactly 20 years ago. He said, prepare the paper for me. This was the whole of Africa. Social security institutions. I did the paper for the late Mr. Day. When we finished, I gave it to him. He said, keep it. You are going to present it. So I went to, can you imagine going to a conference with your chief executive and now I'm presenting the paper and he's following me. But praise be to God. After that presentation, in the conference were about 300 chief executives of the whole of Africa social security, there was a standing ovation. And when I finished, the late Mr. Day came to me and shook my hands. And that was the beginning of my rise in SNES. And as I left for retirement this March, as they would say, it, I was the third most senior person in the institution. At the time, I went on retirement. But our friends sent to go and manage a guest house. Which, as a manager in the corporate affairs department, and a lawyer like that, <laughs> people thought it was demeaning. But evil communication, people will tell you, well, have you done something wrong? I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. But through that, a certain career path was created for me. A certain path. But I'm saying, but you receive evil communication. Maybe something has happened to him these days. So he finds himself in the guest house, not even a hotel. That's what I say. Beware of evil communication. You see, they will put you, some people will come to you. It can be in marriage. Somebody will ask you, how much does your husband give you for chop money? Is that all that he gives to you and you are sitting on it? Ask her how much is giving, giving to her. It is evil communication. And I believe many people have lost where they could have been because they were not ready. And people told them things. Don't do this. Don't do that. But I have come to realize that especially when leaders, you don't know what they've seen in you. And Mr. Day had a knack for something that I was not the only one that he could meet and tell you to do something. And in the end, the end was glorious. It may be a pastor. I'm sure today when you tell somebody, even clean this temple, he will ask you, where are the help meets or the ushers? But you don't know. If they ask somebody today to clean this temple, you will say, don't you know I went to university? I'm not supposed to clean the church. Remember, Pastor, is a prophet, Anthony. He said he started by cleaning the washroom. Today is a prophet. But we are not ready. Because somebody will come and tell you, that is what somebody will tell you. But better, let's beware of evil communication.
And that may be blocking your progress for the rest of your life. Because probably that is your only chance that God would have offered. If Moses had insisted he wanted to be in the temple somehow, God would have probably found somebody else. But some of us are eager, what people are telling us. But like I said, I have come to realize that that invitation to you and to me, it's always personal. God speaks to you alone. He appears to you in a vision alone. Look at Paul on the road to Damascus. That vision, people were around, but they said the rest, they were speechless. They, did, they just heard a voice. They didn't see anything. Because God was speaking to him. God called Moses alone and no one else. So let's be careful of what us when it comes to our walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. So dealing with what could even take away, take us away from the Lord. Let's also look at James chapter 3 verse 13 to 18. Evil communication. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's look at the portion especially which talks about evil. I think the verse 15 or so. This wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic in some of these communications. Rwanda, for example, there may have been various issues between the Tutsis and the Hutus, but that immediate cause that led to that conflict was communication from a radio station. And today, what they had, some of scars, dead people, evil communication. And it is demonic. That is why I personally believe that once these elections are over, in my view, we should ban any party spokesperson from reviewing newspapers. That's my personal view. The man has not even read the newspaper by his commenting. And all this polarization we have in this country as for some of the demonic people. So for another four years, we'll be saddled with them and they will polarize this nation. Left me alone, let's wait. 
maybe 12 months into the election. Let them present their manifestos. If they have anything to discuss, beyond that, I don't think we should invite any party person to discuss anything on any radio program. Because sometimes when they are speaking, the evil spewed out from them. If there should be anything in this nation, it is from those boys. From both sides. NDC, MPP, those boys. I will not even call them men. It's because what comes out of their mouth, sometimes as they are speaking, and you look into their, when they are on television, you look into their faces, you can see they are full of evil. Full of evil. What they haven't seen, they will say they will see. And for me, if this nation is to enjoy peace, coming into the future, such evil people, from both sides, I mean, in all civilized nations, when elections are over, they go to do serious business. In every civilized nation, those who do the newspaper review are experts. Let's invite, we have experts in VRE, Gritco, ECG. They should talk about matters of energy. Not a certain someone who has not paid the electricity bill before. You know, it's, for me, it's not a laughing matter because the evil with which they speak, you don't know where this country would have been. Everything is quiet, so we think everything is quiet. You don't know where it would have been by now from such evil people. That is why, in my view, if we had any chance of taking to the Independent Broadcasting Association, all those people, enough is enough. Because we've had a lot of evil communication. If we say the nation is paralyzed, it's through where? Which channel? Through the radio stations. Because we give people opportunity to talk. And what they say, they are all lies anyway. Elections are over. We need people who will be very objective, very professional. I mean, for the first time, I listened to news file last Saturday when our own Deacon Ace was speaking on this issue of transition. Because this is a learned and a wise person speaking. Wisdom was displayed because there was no partiality. He spoke the truth, castigated both parties, and that is what we need. Wisdom, professionals, and objectivity. Not people who come and spew us evil and full of demons. Hallelujah. So that is James. And sometimes the evil communication too. Without all the truth, sometimes people will tell you, oh, gain is godliness. Is that the truth? First Timothy chapter verse 5 to 9. Again, evil communication on issues of prosperity. Unless wranglings of men of corrupt minds again, again look at the people we deal with. Corrupt people. Useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitutes of the truth. Who suppose that godliness is the means of gain? From such 
withdraw yourself. So sometimes if you've been in the faith for far too long, you've not made millions of billions. They think you are not making it. They think you are not a believer. But he's saying, suppose they suppose that godliness is a means of gain. So today, we are telling people through all forms of communication, you must get this. You must get that. And you can even get a pastor who will open his home because he has 13 cars. Where in the Beatitudes did Christ talk about this? But evil communication. And then as a young man, you are challenged that, oh, gain. I should also gain. And then people use all manner of things to make money. And in the end, lives are destroyed. Others are also telling us that one says forever says, who told you? Evil communication. Hebrews chapter 6, 1 to 6. You got people telling you, oh, you once you are saved, you are saved. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. And of the doctrine of baptism, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible for those, listen to this, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gifts and have become partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God, and put Him to open shame. Once you receive Christ, it says, if you fall off, so if anybody tells you that once you receive Christ, there is nothing like any fall. Evil communication to you, deceiving you, serious deception. So far, what I've taken us through the first dimension of looking at how this evil communication will take us away from God. Because they will tell you there is no resurrection. But there is resurrection. They will tell you through your own rights, trying to belittle the Holy Spirit. It's a lie. It's evil communication. They'll tell you once saved, forever saved. It's a lie. That is just in our walk with the Lord. But also amongst us, what is the second part? Evil communication. It's also destroying the brethren. Evil communication. Sometimes what we say about people doesn't help in the flow of the Spirit. Hallelujah. In Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3, 
He said, if we can dwell together. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If there is evil communication, we cannot be dwelling together. But he says, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. And listen to the verse 3. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. But if there is evil communication amongst us, it could be the words that you may even use. Or even in the family, in the organization, or even in the church. When we do that, God is not going to command the blessing. You might think you are just hurting somebody. He says, God commanded a blessing. So if we are engaged in evil talk, and as you are engaging in evil talk, you are operating from the platform of the devil. And what is his aim? To destroy us. He will destroy the family. He will destroy the group. He will destroy the organization. So evil communication, even amongst us, it undermines our unity. It can be a strange spirit. So brethren, for the sake of our fellowship and our togetherness, you know, I never tell people, even when you hear evil communication about somebody, don't publish it to anybody else. Terminate it at your place, at your end. So long as it is evil communication. And I am not interested in any evil communication concerning anybody. And if I know you are a career, like we said, it's a corrupt association. Let that person be where he is. And don't encourage such people. As you see people engaging in evil communication, let's keep them where they are. Because if we encourage them, and it abounds. Our blessing is at stake. So for the sake of our fellowship. And in Psalm 15 verse 1 to 3. Psalm 15 verse 1 to 3. I don't know where you want to dwell. But if you want to dwell in God's holy tabernacle. So he says what? Lord who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill. He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor nor does take up a reproach against his friend. So depending on where we want to abide, where we want to dwell, we should be careful of evil communication. If we seriously want to abide and dwell in God's holy place, and even actually to invite God's presence, we need to be careful of our communication. I mean, I was excited when Reverend Dr. Abua came in. He says, I sense the presence of God. Isn't it sweet? That is what we need. That we can sense the presence of God because there is no evil and it endures to the benefit of all of us. 
So let's learn to dwell together. And seriously, we should be a blessing to other people and not communication. There are people who have been rejected or abandoned. What they need is not evil communication, but we need to minister grace to them. So let's all be carriers of grace and peace. And I'm asking you, how do people know you? Do you minister grace? Or you minister evil communication? What do you minister? As an ambassador of Christ, evil communication should not be our portion. To conclude, how can we overcome some of these things? Know that it is demonic. Evil communication is satanic, devilish. And learn to put it behind you. I don't think we should encourage it at all. Let's learn to put it behind us. Let's know the word. So that when anybody wants to corrupt us. And to corrupt the word. Once we know it. We'll be alert. And know what is right. Learn to keep good company. And like I said. Do not publish it. Even when evil communication comes through you through whatever means. Tonight, like I said, the very fall of man, the tool that was used was evil communication. And Satan has not given, he's still using this very tool. Let's be alert. Let's be wide awake. In fact, when you look at the first Corinthians chapter fifteen, maybe the verse thirty-four. He said, Let's be awake. First Corinthians fifteen verse thirty-four. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. That was Paul still talking about. When they have to grapple the issue of resurrection. He is saying, awake to righteousness. Tonight, let's be awake to our righteousness. Let's put evil communication, no matter where it is coming from. Like I said, it could even be a very loved one. Maybe unconsciously. But what he is saying, you can see evil in it. Stay from God going to affect our fellowship. My prayer tonight to all of us that even as we've gone through tonight's service we'll be alert so that when there is any trace, any appearance of roof communication we'll just keep it where it has to be. Let it not cross and come to where we are. Because we want to 